Hello, and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast in partnership with Ascension. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. My name is Sister Miriam James, and every week I am joined by two of my dearest friends ever, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger. What you're going to find is we're three normal women who are on the journey, who laugh, we cry, we have all kinds of adventures, and our heart is to share our love of Christ with you, our friendship, and all the beautiful and broken places that we encounter. So you are most welcome to join us on this journey. Grab a cup of coffee, get settled in, and welcome home. Hello and welcome to this episode of our Abiding Together podcast. Um, I'm joined as usual with my two wonderful sidekicks. We've been talking a lot already about a lot of things and we just finished our Narnia series and we heard so many great things about the Narnia series. And so we just want to welcome you. If you're a new listener um, on the journey with us, you're most welcome. And we're just going to take another step. We are delving into our Lenten book series once Lent starts. We'll talk a bit about that later. But for now, uh, Heather Kim, how are you, my dear friend? You guys had your first snow. It's late, but y'all had your first snow finally. We did. I know. Everybody thinks I'm from Canada. We're riding around on dog sleds constantly, (laughs) but no, actually, (laughs) actually, uh, we just had our first snowfall and the kids have had, this is their second snow day in a row. So they're super happy. We're all cozy, you know, lots of coffee and Mm -hmm. hot chocolate and movies and puppies and I'm loving every minute of it. Yeah. Girl, I'm coming over. Yeah. Can you please hurry up? Michelle, get on up here. I know you Florida girl. Sometimes just being cozy in the snow is good for you. How are you, Michelle? I am good. I am home today with two sickies. The flu Mageddon has hit at our school. And so we held out for a while Mm. when the first run came. But now, um, yeah, I have two kids home sick. So if you hear noise in the background, guys, I'm trying the best I can, but... Um, Keeping it real. Two, yeah. That's, yeah. So yeah. I have two boys trying to um, be home and be quiet. And um, the third is on his way, so it could get really loud in here really oh, quickly. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So there you oh go. Oh, gosh. Yeah. But I'm, you don't have the flu, though, do you, Michelle? I hope not. No, yeah. thank God. So, um, no, not right now. So we're praying that I don't stay it. strong. But, gosh, I was sick like two weeks ago, so I can't do that again. I know. Cause you were almost dying in our yes. last podcast. We had to give you the first one thing in case you collapsed and died and we had to bury you. I, I know. Seriously. You were going to have to do me CPR, um, over the Skype, but anyway, I'm good. How are you sister? How do you do CPR over Skype. So? I know, that would have been funny. How are you sister? Oh, I'm snorting. I'm, I'm doing well. I'm just home for a couple of days here in South Texas before I travel again. So sitting at my desk and living just very quietly. So about to cook dinner for the sisters in a little bit and just hashtag none life, y'all. So sister, I got to go. say, I love I love some of your <laughs> tweets during the Super Bowl. If you're a fan of uh, football and you don't get on Twitter and follow Sister Miriam, you need to because the Super Bowl, as we all know, was quite boring. I'm not boring. even a f- football fan, but boring. you know, it was, it was pretty boring. Mm-hmm. But one of your tweets was like, you know, it's more fun in the convent on a Saturday <laughs> night than watching this game or something yeah. like that. I was like, that is so funny. Because we get wild up in there. <sighs> yeah. We're like reading books. Yeah. We go to bed at 730. <laughs> that was more fun than the Super Bowl. <laughs> It was more fun than the Super Bowl, for sure. Oh, my gosh. Well, dear friends, we have we kind of asked our listeners, you know, what what do you want to hear about? We got so many wonderful topics which could fill out seasons and seasons of our podcast, which it will. But we talked we, we thought we'd talk about a bit about the healing journey. And we're going to talk today a bit about, about depression and anxiety and hardship and overwhelm. And I think especially during this winter, these winter months, um, that is statistically and scientifically proven that some people suffer with just deeper depression during the winter months, especially after the holidays 
days and kind of just before spring. And it's been, especially in colder climates, it's been cold for a while. And, and that can be a seasonal thing, or it could be some of a situational thing, but all of us in life, all of us in life struggle at times. All of us in life suffer with, you know, depression. All of us at times are just feeling down. All of us at times suffer with anxiety or just feeling overwhelmed. And so we're just going to have a very honest conversation about that today. And just like, how do you live with hope in seasons of darkness? You know, like wintertime when it's dark, how do you live in hope in seasons of darkness? And so we're going to use the the book from uh, Lamentations, a quote from Lamentations, um, which is Lamentations chapter three, verse 21 to 24. And this is going to guide our whole uh, talk today, our whole podcast today. So Lamentations 3, 21, 24 says this, but this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. So we're going to kind of jump off from there. And we just want to say first and foremost that we are not neither, we're not doctors, we are not therapists, and we are not giving you medical advice by any means. All that we're going to do in the next 30 minutes is just share our experience, strength, and hope of what we've experienced and what's helpful for us. And we just want to take whatever resonates with you. We want you to take it to your, to the Lord, take it to your counselor, take it to your doctor, to your spouse, to your friends, and talk about it with them. So just going to be a free discussion of kind of what has helped us on the healing journey and just areas that we've struggled and what God is doing in our life. And we want to just impart whatever goodness, truth, and beauty we can um, gift you today. So uh, Michelle, or I mean, Heather, sorry, I know that this book from this book of Lamentations is one of your favorites, this quote. Um, and so I was wondering if you kind of just frame the quote that, that you chose this, which is so beautiful, and just kind of maybe flesh that out a bit as we journey into this discussion. Mm-hmm. Even when you were reading it, I was just sitting here, just closing my eyes, listening to it again. It's a scripture that has anchored me through many years, actually. And it's one that I've I have memorized and I call to mind often because life is hard. You know, let's Mm -hmm. just be honest. Life is hard on this side of heaven. And I love also the scripture from John where God says that um, in the world you will have trouble, but take Mm -hmm. heart. I have overcome the world, you know, and I think we always have a longing for things to be made right, for things to be perfect, for things to be smooth and joyful and all of that, because our hearts were made for heaven. They are. And there's something so good about that, that God has placed in our heart, the desire for wholeness and joy, um, where every tear will be wiped away from our eyes. And that, that is what we were meant for. That is, Mm -hmm. we were created out of love. We were created for all good things, but, you know, as a result of the fall and on this side of heaven, we will experience a lot of dark times and sorrow. And so it's important that we have scriptures and truth and goodness to anchor us in the midst of that. And that scripture has definitely been that for me, that I have Mm -hmm. to call to mind a reason to have hope. And there always is a reason for hope. And at the end of the day, it's Jesus. Jesus is the hope. There is nothing else that will stand the test of time or that will hold us up. Everything else will let us down at some point, but Jesus is the one who is our hope and can be our anchor in the storm. Mm-hmm. But I think today what's important is that we, we're we going to talk you know, about some deep spiritual things like that at times, but we want to get really practical too, because mm-hmm. most of us are wandering around in the midst of hardship and suffering going, what do I do? Mm-hmm. Like, how do I make it through these hard times? And I love what you said, you know, we're not experts, we're just people on the journey, just like you. And there's some mm-hmm. things that God has taught us and that we've received through other people and a lot of different avenues on our journey to healing that we just want to share today. Michelle, what mm-hmm. are some of your initial mm-hmm. thoughts? Yeah, I think my initial thoughts is, um, 
I just know a lot of people and a lot of different women are just dealing, and men, not just women, are dealing with a lot of hard. That's just life. And uh, what do we do with that hard, you know? And I know for me, like, I really, I think I grew up believing that um, that when life is hard, um, it was not because it was simply hard and this is the things that you go through with life, that, but I was failing, or something was going, or I was doing something wrong, or how come mm-hmm. I didn't have the tools to navigate hard? So I thought there was something wrong with me. You know, when I realized, okay, life just on this side of heaven is hard. You will be always dealing with life, things, transition, kids, you know, it doesn't matter. Marriage, not marriage, job, friendships, relationships, that's just how it is. And so how I respond to the hard is um, like how my heart responds to the hard, how I bring the hard to the Lord and watch him transform it. Um, What are the tools that I need to navigate it? And all of those kind of things has been a journey. And I'm still, you know, I would love to say there really isn't a finish line. Mm -hmm. So we are all on the journey and it's just, um, we keep on walking and taking the next step. And, um, with step-by-step, we just realized the faithfulness and the trustworthiness of the Lord, but also the faithfulness of learning to know yourself better, Mm -hmm. you know, and self-awareness and, um, picking up the tools along the way Mm -hmm. as you're walking Mm -hmm. it out. Yeah. It's interesting when you study, uh, just statistics that it's really anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the U S. Um, and they're often linked with depression. And so just some statistics for you, uh, just just off the internet that 300, 300 million people around the world have depression and 16.2 million adults in the U S um, will have a major depressive episode in their life. And even if you haven't had a major one, it says it's estimated that 15% of the adult population will experience that at some point in their life, a depression at some point in their life. So when you just look at the word depression, and anxiety, you know, the word depression means a, you know, an, a sunken place or part, which is really interesting to think about, like the kind of the contours of our hearts and souls, places that are pressed down and just a kind of an emotional dejection or a withdrawal, like a sadness. And when you think about anxiety, it's a distress or an uneasiness of a mind of the mind caused by fear, danger, or misfortune. And so we talk about, you know, the emotions that God gives us, God gives us emotions and passions and emotions that the root word of emotions is emote meaning to move. And so our emotions are moving us in areas, they're moving us down the pathway. And so they're always trying to tell us something. And I know for myself for a long time, I suppressed a lot of my emotions because I didn't like all of them. (laughs) I only liked some of them. I didn't like all of them. And it wasn't until, and I tell this story publicly, but it wasn't until I was well into religious life that I really had to come to terms with the fact that I was really struggling as a person, as a woman. And uh, I had a doctor at the time who was actually a classmate of mine, which is amazing. Out of all the places in the world that could be sent at a mission, the doctor that I had was actually a classmate of mine from childhood. And we had a very long conversation and she just said, you know, Sister Miriam, I think you, I really do think you have clinical depression. And I really think that you've got this chronic low grade depression that sounds like you've had for a long time. And finally just being able to speak because I felt ashamed about it. Like what's wrong with me? Like how come I can't just be happier? I know that I want to be happier and I know that I'm trying to do what I can do, but there's just something not quite right. It's it's hurting in my heart. And so just that for me really was a first discussion with a, a medical doctor about that. And I was on depression medication um, for several years, um, just trying to help my brain get back on track and my heart. And I and went to counseling and just all these different areas of life. So I just want to say, first and foremost, like that, that's part of our many of our stories where, um, and I, I'll tell you more about my stories. We kind of journey on, but just when we talk about depression and anxiety, you're not the only one. I just want to say that you might be sitting in your house by yourself, listening to our podcast saying, oh my gosh, I think I'm the only one. And I just want to tell you that you're not. And I want to tell you that this is not the end of your story. 
right? This is not the end. And there's so much help out there and just um, ways that God is desiring to heal us and to, to be with us on this journey. So Heather, what are your what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I think many people who are struggling in these areas definitely feel a sense of isolation, you know, either that they're the only one or they hear that somebody else might have the same issues, but they think nobody understands. Or mm. I, I find a lot of times when you're in it, it's very hard to see. So hard. You yep. just can't make sense mm-hmm. of it. You don't you don't even know what's going on. You don't. For me, for a long time in life, I would never have put those words to it because I couldn't even figure out what I was experiencing. Mm-hmm. And I've shared parts of of my story about, you know, being very self-reliant and there's reasons for that. You know, I experienced a lot of trauma, um, when I was around 12 years old and for a few years in there, that was very hard. And as a result of that, I, the lie that I believed was that God wasn't going to come through for me, that he was there and he could, he was powerful Mm -hmm. and he would come through for other people, but he's probably not going to come through for me. So I need to take care of myself and I need to take care of everybody around me. And so I just lived Mm -hmm. my life life with that. I didn't know that that was the lie. I've realized that now later in life, looking back and making sense of my own story. But I just lived with this vigilance, you know, of evil and bad things are always around the corner. So I need to be on guard constantly. Mm-hmm. And and not really able to trust in and rest in God because I didn't know if He was trustworthy. I didn't know if He'd come through. So good. And so it wasn't mm-hmm. until I got to my 30s that the weight of living that way for so long began to take its toll. And for mm-hmm. me, what it looked like was it came out in physical ways. Like I was just not doing well. I didn't feel good. I couldn't sleep very well. All this disruption mm-hmm. with my sleep. And then I started feeling anxious. And I'd never felt that way before. So it surprised me. I was like, something's really wrong with me. Like I was just freaked out. I would have an overreaction to various situations that never affected me that way before. And because I didn't, I didn't have any context for that type of those types Mm -hmm. of feelings, I couldn't make sense of it in the moment. It was just totally overwhelming. And it wasn't until, you know, I, I started feeling dizzy. I was really Mm -hmm. like having all these physical Mm -hmm. symptoms and I went to all these doctors Mm -hmm. and neurologists. And finally, you know, this neurologist said to me, like, there's nothing wrong with you, but you're suffering from stress and anxiety. And I said, I laughed at him actually. I was like, you you don't understand. That's not what this is. Like I'm surely dying. And, you know, I was trying to create all kinds of special moments with my kids just in case I was going to die. Like that's how real it felt to me. Like I was like, something is wrong. And he said, I don't think you understand how powerful these things are. Wow. And when he said that it was, it was really like, whoa, you know, this was a big part of the realization for me that, that these things are more powerful than I could ever ever understand before. And so that led me into a place of really trying to dive back into healing again and make sense of my own story and where did God need to come in and bring restoration. But, you know, over the course of several years, I ended up having to go on antidepressants Mm -hmm. and, you know, work through that part of the journey along with counseling and Mm -hmm. all of these things. But I would say it wasn't until like three or four weeks after I started taking antidepressants that one day I was like, whoa, there I am. Mm -hmm where have I been Mm -hmm. for so long? Mm -hmm. Like I just felt the weight lift off. Mm -hmm. And, and, and that was when I actually really understood how powerful, um, those dynamics were in my life that I didn't even realize were there. It just felt normal. Mm -hmm. You know, it just felt like the new normal. And, and I think we do that with a lot of things. We just try to cope. We just try to 
make it through, you know, but Jesus said, like, I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. Not, I haven't come so that you could cope or that it could be mediocre. Mm -hmm. You could kind of manage through or numb yourself out just so that you can get through the day. Like God came that we would have a full life. And there's a lot of ways that he offers us that life. You know, yes, it's through prayer. Yes. Through the sacraments, through Eucharist, through friendships, but sometimes it's also through uh, medical doctors and yep. it's through counselors and there's all of these different avenues if we learn to let go and open ourselves up to not just the help but really a deep surrender yeah. of Lord I need you yeah. and I and I need help you know in whatever way that that might look like and I think that's the biggest journey for myself is that I'm becoming friends with my weakness for the first time oh, in my life where I, I have a tenderness towards myself not a self-pity and not no. a self-loathing where I'm like woe is me and I you know just it's navel gazing and I'm caught in my own darkness but really just keeping my eyes on the Lord going no I I am weak and Lord, I need you. I, I really do. And I'm dependent on you. And there's something so freeing and so good about that, that that actually isn't weakness. That's actually strength in the kingdom. Oh, you know. Amen, Heather. Oh my gosh. I know listeners are going to stop that and rewind that again and listen to that whole thing because amen. Yeah. Mm. Michelle, what about you, sweet girl? Yeah. When I was thinking about this, when we threw the topic out, I was praying about it this morning. And I remember when I was in college, in the beginning of my 20s, um, Father Michael Scanlon was my spiritual director. And I remember him saying to me, he said, Michelle, you can only grow um, spiritually as much as you grow emotionally. They go hand in hand. Mm. And so just really learning like spiritually and emotionally how to grow together and what stunts my growth or what are the blocks for me to grow. And there's an Ignatian tool that they use and um, you get when I, I just switched spiritual directors this past year. And one of the things they do is they make you write your spiritual autobiography. Hmm. And I was flipping through it this morning, looking at it and listeners, I will put how you can do that. It's a spiritual tool because I know I'll get at the question. But um, th- so you look back on your life and it's a really good um, just exercise to do, even like just to own and start realizing, become self-aware of your story. So I was looking like the different themes from the different seasons of my life. And I think for 20s, for those of you who are in the 20s, it was such an identity season. Like I really still was trying to figure out who I was and doing a lot of that with performance. If I do this and if I do this, will someone, um, you know, will they love me? Still asking that question, will they love me? And there was just some really gaping holes in my identity. And I thought my vocation would fix the holes for my identity. Like when I figured out my vocation, Mm -hmm. that that would be like the super glue that figured out my uh, like identity issues. And so, but then I realized once I got married and I got married in my late twenties, like I was 29, that I switched that and um, my identity became vocations, vocation, and but it switched to I, I should myself. My family should look like this. My marriage should look mm-hmm. like this or yeah. things like, you know, and my parents' marriage was falling apart the year I got married. So I just like white knuckled myself like, I'm go- you know, I'm going to do this right. Like I'm going to do this right. Realizing like Heather was saying, like living with expectations, mm-hmm. you know, and piggybacking on our other topics that we've covered in the podcast, when we don't allow the Lord to write our stories and we write our stories out of should and expectations, it's always going to end in exhaustion and it's always going to get end in overwhelmingness and it's always going to end in um, not a firm foundation. It's not rooted in a firm foundation. And then, um, you know, going, starting my forties now, it's just like um, learning that the tools that I use to cope 
in my 20s and 30s or even in my teens to survive and to do things don't aren't welcome in my 40s. The Lord's like, okay, you got to learn a new way of living and you're really going to, this freedom thing I'm talking about, you really have got to learn this. And this is not mm-hmm. a luxury. Mm-hmm. This is, um, I want to be in um, relationship with you and I want to teach you how to live free. But it takes a lot of work. You know, mm-hmm. I think the spiritual walk and the emotional walk, it takes a lot of work and we all laugh about it, but it's so true. We feel like we're constantly in the episode of Shrek saying layers, donkey have layers, <laughs> you know, like just when you <laughs> totally. think you get one done, you're like, I have arrived, you know, then you figure out another one and you're just like, oh man, where did that freaking thing come from? Mm-hmm. And so, but it's a beautiful journey, you know, it's hard and it's beautiful. Um, but Yeah, you get to see the inner workings of the Lord, you know, in your heart. And um, it's not easy, but darn, it's good. It Mm -hmm. is a good thing. Mm -hmm. What about you, sister? Well, yeah, and we were just commenting before we started recording this podcast about how life is messy. Yeah. And I I know for myself, I want it to be tidy. And if it's tidy enough, then I think I'm fine. I'm doing well. And then when these messes arise, it unnerves me at times. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know what's happening? But because I often forget that, that life is like that. And it's... And it's, you know, like we can't selectively numb, like I, okay, I don't want to, I don't want to feel the sorrow or I don't want to feel the longing or the ache. So I'm just going to numb that out. Cause when we do that, we numb out the joy and the exhilaration and the wonder and the peace. And so it's really, I'm just convinced more and more as just Jesus continues to break my heart open in ways I cannot stop. I, I literally cannot stop it. And it is so unnerving at times. I just weep and like these parts of my story are coming out that it's time for her to come out. Like Heather talked about making friends with yourself and like the little parts of me, I think I talked about the 13 year old girl some time ago in one of our podcasts where she, um, she's there and I want to, I want to love her and I want to honor her and I want to hear what she's trying to tell me because she's trying to tell me something and it's really important. And so those parts where Christ, you know, comes and, you know, I really, I believe that's what he spoke to me a few weeks ago. And he just said, I, I love you. Like, I, lo- I love you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's no part of your story that I don't want to touch. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no part of your story that I don't want to redeem or that I don't want to ha- be present there. Like, I am there and I want you to know that. So I'm going to go to every effort so you know that I love you. And so what's happening in our lives, my dear sisters, it, it's trying to tell us something. Like, it's it's a part where God wishes to speak to us. And like Heather was saying um, there's so many avenues of, of healing that God provides mm-hmm. that um, sometimes you have to stick with it, like Michelle was saying as well, stick with it a long time. But that's the journey of holiness. And so often mm-hmm. we, we reduce holiness to kind of a, a superficial, exterior, pious behavior. And ultimately, well, holiness is wholeness. It's integration. It's allowing Christ into every part of our life. So our lives take on his vibrance and it becomes captivating and radiant, even in the sorrow because that's what Christ's life emits to the world. And that's what we're called to do. Like the Paschal mystery, the suffering, death, and resurrection of Christ. It's always happening in our lives. Mm-hmm. I I love, um, you know, that line. We hear it in the Easter vigil where it says, Oh, happy fault, which one for us so mm-hmm. great a Savior. And one day mm-hmm. I just had this, this thought, you know, it's like, Oh, happy weakness of mine which is one for me, so great a savior. It's like, if I didn't, it's like a respect for your own weakness and brokenness in a sense, not to condone it, not to, you know, like, no. like not that, yeah. but just like in our weakness and our brokenness, we are able to receive and come in touch with the savior in a way that we never could. If we don't need him, if we are not broken, if we can't come to grips with that, we don't need a savior. Um, but the more that we accept that and lean on him, the more we can experience his saving power in our life. And I think that this is really really important as we talk about, okay, unraveling parts of our story and going into dark places, we can never do that alone. 
No, we can never go there alone. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I've, I've learned over time and, and also with working with people, it's so important to, it's like, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus and almost picture holding his hands. Like he's with you as you begin to think about different parts of your story. If we think about it alone, we'll get so overwhelmed and taken out, Mm -hmm. you know, there's no way, but when we do it with the, with the savior's hands in our hands, Mm -hmm. you know, we can experience the consolation of his presence with us as we go back into hard parts of our story. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's really important that we allow ourselves to journey with Jesus. He is the savior. It's not the medication or the counselor or the, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever we might think the self-help book or this or that, although those things are helpful, you know, Mm -hmm. at times, but Jesus is the savior and to keep our eyes fixed on him. And I think, you know, there's sometimes what's happening in the world right now, there is talk about depression and anxiety. And sometimes it's like this cool thing where people are like, oh, it's cool to be vulnerable, you know, and, um, the intention behind it isn't always Mm -hmm. pure, but I think Mm -hmm. there's something really good about being vulnerable with our stories and being able to Mm -hmm. be honest and say, this is where I'm at, but Mm -hmm. always with the intention to go with Jesus, to -hmm. let Jesus into those places. Um, because mm-hmm. these things don't need to define who we are. Mm-mm. You know, I am depression doesn't define who I am. Mm-hmm. It's a part of my story, you know, as mm-hmm. a, a lot of broken parts are. But Jesus is the one who gives me my identity and tells me who I am. And that's where we need to look to him and hear his voice in all the parts of our story. You know, like for you, sisters, you're talking about these broken small parts. And I think about mm-hmm. my own and Michelle, mm-hmm. you have yours. You know, mm-hmm. Jesus was calling us from the very beginning of our life, that we are beloved, that he has set us apart for greatness and that he would give up everything for us because he loves us. Mm-hmm. And not only give up everything for us is keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, mm-hmm. but then I'm remembered in the gospels where the um, man on the mat, the paralyzed man, where his friends lift him, you know, carry him to Jesus. Sometimes we just need a community to rally around mm-hmm. us, you know, and bring us to the feet of Jesus and say, okay, I know mm-hmm. you're struggling. So let us take you there, you know, and be that connection. Like, I think one of the scariest things when you are overwhelmed or we are going through depression or anxiety or anything is isolation. You know, isolation is, you know, if he can get you alone, he Mm -hmm. can take you out, you know, but even in your weakness, if you can lean in in a community, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. then you are surrounded and you have an army to come around you to fight with you and fight for you. And that is the beautiful things. Mm -hmm. And I guess for me, the thing I'm learning more and more, we were laughing before we were talking, um, recording. We say that every single time I know, but we were, uh, it's cause it's true. Yeah. We laugh and cry and crying. Yeah, we were that's, laughing that's and true. we were crying. I mean, no, we do- weren't lying. No joke. <laughs> we were lying, crying. It was, yeah, it was like a steel magnolias. Yeah. Steel <laughs> magnolias all over. Here we go. Movie, but, um, it's been in a very bad mood for 40 years. Uh, anyway, yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not crazy, my land. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can just quote you lying to me. But anyway, um, I was just telling them like this past week, my husband and I had just like a heated argument and we never usually have those kind, but this one was like emotional and passionate and just, it was, it was really good and it was really hard, but, um, a lot of things broke through and it was really good after, you know, some things came out the um, reconciliation and just the breakthrough that happened, mm-hmm. the deep stuff comes, you know? And so it's just leaning into that hard and then saying, okay, let's talk this out and figure it out. And God wanted to do something in mm-hmm. our marriage. And um, 
And I just am thankful because that's the beautiful part. God is constantly transforming us from glory to glory. Amen. He doesn't stop and he's constantly want to move. And he always has more mm-hmm. where it's more freedom or more healing or more power or for us, as you grow in this journey, it also helps you give more grace to other people, Amen. you know, cause you realize your faults and gives a lot more mercy. I am mm-hmm. a lot more merciful and I give a lot more grace than I did before because the more self-aware I've become, I realize, mm-hmm. okay, I need this grace and mercy mm-hmm. just as much mm-hmm. as this other person does, if not more sometimes. So I'm able to extend a lot more grace mm-hmm. and mercy than I was before instead of being like, oh man, mm-hmm. they really need to get it together. Mm-hmm. I'm like, nope, you know, we are all <laughs> recovering. Bring, you That's know, from the happens. human condition. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. You know, and so. No, it's very true. It's very true. The more in touch we come with our own story and allow God in there into the broken places, the more compassion we have for others because we realize they have a story too, you know, and we never know what's going on. You know, the new mom who might be struggling with postpartum depression and might, you know, not know how to deal with that. You know, the shame and the guilt that goes along with all the different facets of that and, and in other areas of our life. And how can we just love one another? and journey there. It definitely isn't rational, Mm -hmm. you know, like these types of struggles when you're in them, you know, it doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. So I know for me in my life, depression didn't make sense because I have a great life. I have great kids. I have a great husband. I, you know, so you start to feel guilty. Like I have all of these good things. Like, why am I struggling so much? And some people might even Mm -hmm. tell you that, you know, in the midst of it, like, why don't you just be happy? Look around you, be grateful. And you're like, oh my gosh, if I could only, you know, you can't choose your way to a certain point out of this, but you can make choices within, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think to open ourselves up to the truth is like, it's so hard in those moments because we may not think it's doing anything, you know, to be reminded of the truth, but I have found it to be actually a great weapon for me. That's why memorizing Mm -hmm. scripture, like the one at the beginning that we have, that we had, um, they've been tools for me to remind me along the way of what is true and what is good Mm -hmm. and what is beautiful. And so I'm a big believer of that. I'm a big believer of in the midst of the hard, putting on a worship song and praising God in the midst, like in the midst of the pain, um, being able to praise God and, and uh, give him glory because it takes away any power of the enemy that he might be trying to work with us in there. It just, it just cuts Mm -hmm. him off at his knees when we're able to say, God, I'm suffering right now. And whether this be something that you're allowing or something that is just the enemy is doing, like, I'm just going to praise you so that he has no power here. I'm just going to keep surrendering to you and giving myself to you. And that might look different. It might look like one prayer, one word, one moment of just like acknowledging God and his presence and welcoming Mm -hmm. him in. Um, It doesn't have to be a bigger elaborate thing, but it is Mm -hmm. very powerful. It is. And it it means a lot in Mm -hmm. the kingdom. Yeah. And I think, you know, as we talk about like, which that's very practical, Heather, I mean, you're giving people practical tools of like, you know, what, what are some things we can do? And I, I think I know for myself, my clinical depression, a lot of it had to do with just years of undealt with trauma. Mm -hmm. And, um, it would just, you know, anger turned inward, anger and despair just turned inward. And it just led to a deep years and years and years of deep clinical depression. And it's taken a long time to journey through that and to, to be on the other side of it. Even though I know it's probably a tendency, it's like a weakness in my castle and to be very aware of that. But for me, it's been years of 
uh, like it was, it was years of, of depression medication, which helped my, my brain function again, but years of counseling, years of spiritual direction, of confession, of reading books about what was ailing me about uh, 12 step meetings. It's like continued inner healing prayer. It's, it's just the journey of, um, hanging out with us too, hanging out with girls. the two of you guys. My life would be awful <laughs> without you two. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, agree. I agree. Happy Valentine's Day. No, I would be, and it, that's it. And being able to speak out the hard things and, um, and, and it has been, you know, really choosing at times, Heather, like you said, choosing gratitude and it's not like making, it's not Pollyanna, but because we have the ability to choose that, what is eternal is most true. And I can choose in situations whether like, what am I going to believe about myself? What am I going to believe about this situation? And that can be really challenging. It's like weak muscles, especially when I'm not used to mm. that. But I think, you know, I, I really believe in like whatever is good, true and beautiful has a ray of God's light in it. And so mm -hmm. for myself, it's like, Lord, you know, I want to heal. So continue just to open my soul and to be open to the avenues that come from him to do that. And so, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of practical things like that, that we can, we can begin to journey. But what about you, Michelle? What are some practical things that you do when you feel overwhelmed or struggle with anxiety or feeling down? Yeah. I think for me, very similar to both of you, scripture is a big one for me. Like I'm just a a scripture girl. I love to have ones, mm -hmm. you know, every day I have to be like something about the word of God always roots me. So I like that part. And that is huge to me. And I think gratitude is a big one for me. Like it is very hard because, um, I can tell when I'm start spiraling, I can stop and just, okay, what am I grateful for? Where, you know, mm -hmm. you know, um, enter, you know, his gates with Thanksgiving in my heart. Like I need to come closer to him. And I was just telling sister and Heather before we started recording, you know, we're about to go into, we've been in and out because, um, just, you know, um, a season of counseling again with our kids and for us. And, um, so I was like, what are the guardrails I like to put, you know, I know there's like guardrails I can put in place to stay on the journey and do, you know, mm -hmm. so like this week, um, I knew we were going to start back in counseling. So I was like, all right, called one of my good priest friends, set up confession, you know, set up Amen. that, set up spiritual direction. Mm -hmm. Like what are the things that proactively I can do? And, um, you know, I think the sacrament of reconciliation is a huge one. The sacrament of reconciliation is a sacrament of healing Amen. and there is power in Amen. that sacrament. It is not a sacrament of shame. Mm -hmm. I always tell my kids mm -hmm. it is a sacrament of healing mm -hmm. and it is the father saying, come home and come closer. Like, welcome home. Welcome back to my arms. Well, you know, we are so close. And so, um, yeah, those are a little bit of the mm -hmm. practical things that, um, I just like to keep in place, you know, like they're my little lighthouses that show me the way home is what I like to say. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to find places that we can rest, you know, yeah, like internally yeah. rest, let our hearts rest. Mm -hmm. So to be with people at times that bring us joy, like sometimes when we feel the isolation of all of these big feelings and we're in a hardship, sometimes we just want to close in. It's, it's a temptation, right? We just want to close in. It's like, I'm just going to hunker mm -hmm. down and we isolate even more. So to be able to reach out or if we know someone who's struggling yeah. to reach out to them, say, Hey, can I, can I just make you some oh, please, soup? Yeah. Like, can I'm I glad just you make said you that. some mm -hmm. soup and stop by? Um, with some of my closer friends, like I'll just be like, I'm actually stopping by. Like yeah. I, I know you might say no, but I'm just coming over, you know, and we don't even yeah. need to talk. I can just be there. Um, so yeah, like to just reach out to one another, to break through the isolation in little ways, like phone calls, texts, stopping by, making time mm -hmm. to be with people who nourish our heart and are, and are a safe place mm -hmm. for us to, to rest. Amen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's certainly, that's being on the journey together, whether that's, whether you're experiencing just like kind of a seasonal affect disorder, whether it's wintertime and you're tired, like the kids are driving you crazy in the house and it's you know cold outside or whether it's been a long journey for you or you're feeling overwhelmed and just want you to know that you're loved 
you are loved and this is not the end of your story. And, and in the midst of it all, God is providing a powerful remedy. And so his heart is for us too to heal us. And so we might, we're probably going to continue this discussion in subsequent podcasts just about healing and maybe have some people on that, um, do this for a living. (laughs) Which would be nice to to help give us. We're actually an expert. Yeah. Yeah, That'd be great. Cause yeah, you're hearing our hearts and, and, and we love you and we want to just give you all, all that we can. So, um, so yes, my dear sisters, in light of that, so we did announce our podcast for our, our book study for Lent, which is searching for and maintaining peace. Right. Yeah. By Father Jacques Philippe. Father Jacques Philippe. We should, oh, wouldn't it be great to have him on? Oh my gosh. I think I just started a rumor. I'm not, but would it be great if we had him hey, on? That'd we, be awesome. He'd need a translator because he's French, but <laughs> yes, you know, that'd you be go. cool. That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'd be a big fan. Oh. oh, so we're going to start that the week of March. Well, March 6th is Ash Wednesday. So that first episode is going to air on March 4th. So you can grab, we have an Amazon link. Michelle, is that true on our website or our podcast page? Yep. Mm-hmm. It's both on yep. all the above. It's it's on it's on the podcast page. It's on our social media pages. We'll have all the info for you. Mm-hmm. And you know, you you'll get the book and you'll be like, "This is tiny." You know, small but mighty, my friends. Small but mm-hmm. mighty. It packs a punch. Mm-hmm. Seriously, oh my gosh. she may yeah. be little, but yes. she is fierce. That yes. book. I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> yes, yes. And I've never read it. Which my husband was oh, like, "How okay. have you never read it before?" And I was yeah. like, "This is one I missed." And I just mm-hmm. started it, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh man, wow, okay, simple but it's profound." So good. Yeah. It is. So I'm yep. excited. And whether you're going to read it with us, or even if you've read it, you know, several times before, um, I think the benefit of going through the podcast and going through a series is that as we have discussions, and hopefully, listeners, as you have your own discussions with friends or, you know, somebody around you, um, that more like can come in that that we can gain more from one another's insights and the conversations mm-hmm. that happen. Mm-hmm. So. Amen. Yeah. So we hope you'll join us. Jump on our Facebook page. We have a, an abiding together uh, Facebook page. You can jump on that too and have some great discussions with fellow listeners about everything. So, so speaking of everything, it is time for our not everything but our one thing. Um, so can I just go first? Okay, because this is really providential. I already blew up you guys' text yeah, thread do, yesterday do about this podcast, but everybody knows I love Adam Young. And, you know, yes, we're not endorsing everything from all the outside mm-hmm. sources, but there are just several episodes that I love Adam Young's podcast called The Place We Find Ourselves. And he just released an episode on the purpose of counseling, which absolutely rocked my world. And he talks about the purpose of counseling being able to unearth the kingdom of God within you. That's the whole purpose is that somebody journeys with you Mm. to help you unearth the kingdom of God that he's establishing within you. And about seven minutes in, he kind of shifts into, you know, like what sets your heart on fire? Like, what is your, where is your kingdom? How do you know what, what your kingdom is? Like, where is God giving birth to the kingdom in you? And I just, I was raving about, I was telling every, everybody about it. So especially in light of healing, you know, um, I just want to recommend that is my absolute one thing this week is the, the episode of, um, called The Purpose of Counseling from Adam Young. So the place we find ourselves. So I'm going to throw that uh, link on the show notes. So that's mine, girls. Awesome. Well, mine, uh, given the episode that we're talking about right now, this is one of my favorite songs in the midst of hardships. It's called Even When It Hurts by Hillsong. And there's a Mm. beautiful live version of that, which I'm going to put on our website for you to check out. There's a video that goes with it, but I just Mm. love that song. And it just goes Mm -hmm. back to what we were talking about earlier about being able to praise God in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the trial. So I hope that blesses you. 
Michelle, mm. what's your one thing? My one thing is I was able to go to the Bethel worship night last week mm. and oh, the girl. amazing Tasha Cobbs was there and just blew my mind. Mm-hmm. And so if you've never She's so heard good. her sing, I'll post a little YouTube video of her sing and she just sings with such power and like she ushers in the presence of God and she just brings, just brings it. I mean, she has more soul in her little pinky than most of us have in our whole body. <laughs> and she was just amazing. It. And it was such a beautiful night. I love Bethel worship, as you can tell. And it was a beautiful night, but I love Tasha Cobbs and just what she brought to the night. And I love that there was uh, a, just a mix of, you know, a lot of white and black and all different races worshiping together. And it just filled mm-hmm. my heart. Mm-hmm. And it was, there was mm-hmm. one moment where they were praying with people and this beautiful black girl prayed over me for my daughter. And it was mm-hmm. just such a powerful oh. moment there. Mm-hmm. And just, I just love their openness to the Holy spirit. And, um, yeah, it was just really great. And so, but Tasha Cobb, she is like the queen of soul too. Wow. Mm. I love her. That's great. (laughs) My one thing. That's great. Oh, I love that. Well, thank you so much listeners for joining us on the journey. And we uh, are praying for you and we offer you and wish you every good thing. And that we want you to know that there's hope. There's always hope and healing on the journey and that you are deeply, deeply loved. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend? You can leave us a rating, leave us a review on iTunes. That helps us get the message out to as many people as possible. If you would like the show notes emailed to you, you can go to ascensionpress.com forward slash abiding together. That's ascensionpress.com forward slash abiding together and enter your email address. Click the subscribe button and the show notes will be on their way to you every week. You can also find the show notes on the Ascension Press website, as well as each episode on the iTunes podcast app. You'll find everything there. You can join our private Facebook group and join our community and just get in on everything that's going on. We love to hear from you. Send us an email. Give us a shout out. We are happy to be on the journey with you. And until next week, we will be abiding together. Thank you so much.